Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the Venture Church Podcast. Venture is a life-giving church located in Bluffton, South Carolina, led by Pastor Sean Olson. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Now, let's dive into the word with Pastor Sean and his message for this week. Welcome to Venture. My name is... My name's Sean Olson. I tell you, I'm the, I'm the pastor here, but if they let me, I might play the drums just because I get excited. I can start beating stuff too, you know what I'm saying? Anybody else have an inner drummer? You ain't got no rhythm, but you got an inner drummer, you know what I'm saying? Come on, let's pray for all the people that don't have rhythm in the house. That's why we don't have tambourines here. That's why we, we, we barely clap, y'all. We clap out of celebration, not out of rhythm, because you know we'd be like, I don't know, yeah, not, but man, I would have an inner drummer. I would just kick Matt off that kit and go nuts if they'd let me just one time, but they won't because it wouldn't be good. Uh, May I get excited? I am glad you are here. If you're a first or second time visitor, thank you so much for choosing to be with us this morning, for joining us. We're in the middle of this series. Uh, We kind of had a catchphrase, honestly, that became a series. All through the launch process, we had this, this, won't he do it? Because God kept showing up and being faithful. Come on, sometimes you look back and you see the faithfulness of God. I can't wait. September 22nd, we're going to celebrate our first birthday. We're going to throw a big old party. I'm just going to go ahead and tease you out right now. You need to make sure you're here because we're going to have a birthday party. Ain't no party like a venture party, right? Uh, But I'm going to get to tell some of the story of venture along with some of the original team members. And as we look back, all of a sudden, you start seeing God's faithfulness and and this statement, won't he do it? You say, why do you keep holding your hands up? Because it's the praise hands emoji, all right? Y'all need to catch up with the millennial, let them take you to coffee, but they won't pay because they're millennial, so you'll have to pay for the coffee. Come on, somebody! (laughs) Right? You'll have to pay for the coffee, but you'll walk away understanding emojis, all right? Won't he do it is, is, just became this phrase of God is incredibly faithful, and sometimes you don't feel it. Sometimes you want to send a crying face emoji when you should send a praise hands emoji. You know, sometimes... You don't feel it, but he is faithful. Won't he do it? Last, last week, I got to talk about Elisha and his servant and how they were surrounded, and his servant opens up the tent, and they see this army surrounding them, ready to overtake them and, and kill them, and his servant turns around and goes, Elisha! I feel like that's the moment I would cry for like my big brother, my daddy. Daddy, do something! Uh, there's a lot of them. And Elisha prays for the servant's eyes to be opened not for his circumstances to be changed. My prayer for you and your struggle is that your eyes are open and you see that God is for you, not against you. That you see that that which surrounds you is in fact surrounded by the power and the presence of God. I won't repeat that message this morning to you. If you want, you can catch up all of our messages online at VentureSC.org. But we're going to continue this series, Won't He Do It?, with one of my favorite stories in the Bible. If, if you, you need to just read the Bible every now and again because there's a lot of good stories. Like, you should probably read it every day. It will keep you out of trouble. Uh, they say an apple a day. I say, like, the Word of God every day might, might keep me from just a mild amount of stupidity, just this much. I mean, if, if I could just decrease my craziness by a little bit, life would be all right. But I love the stories in the Bible. And what we do is we like to read the New Testament and figure out how it applies to our life. Sometimes you've got to get back to the Old Testament and be like, y'all, God was crazy cool. Like, there's stories in there. I mean, I remember one day Angela was doing her devos, and she comes, like, called me in the office, a random office, I don't remember which one. She's like, 
Honey, did you know like the ground opened up and swallowed people? I know, that's kind of cool, right? Like there's some really cool stories. This is one of those stories, Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Elijah's getting ready to call down fire from heaven. I don't know about you, but I got an inner pyro just like I got an inner drummer. Come on, fireworks, the more the better. You know what I'm saying? Let's, it, it's getting close to July 4th. Let's just blow some stuff up. Let's just, uh, praise God we live in South Carolina where this stuff's legal. Because you go back to Pennsylvania, you can't get that stuff. You got to ship it in illegally. Like, you know, so you just got to be, I, I may become a professional fireworks runner. I'm sure running across the border. Right? Just kidding. Don't judge me. Right? I got a buddy, though, for real. Every time I'm going back to Pennsylvania, he's like, hey, can you bring me some stuff? <laughs> like, it's a deal. I'm like, you got the cash? Well, I do ask him that because I got to make sure I'm going to get paid. You know what I'm saying? You got a friend like that, too. They're going to ask you to bring something. They ain't going to pay you. Uh, we ain't like family. We are family, apparently. All right? You know what I mean? But, but I love the pyro in this story. Call down fire from heaven. But we got to go back to the beginning of the story. The whole story can be found in 1 Kings 18 if you want to go back and read it all. But it starts in verse 1. Later on in the third year of the drought. Look at someone and say, drought. Drought. See, I got an email from the water company here asking me not to water my yard. They don't have to worry about that. I don't water my yard anyway. I'll throw money on the ground. Brown is the new green, y'all. What now? Oh, y'all with that nice, pretty lawn. That was yesteryear. You know, I mean, y'all still, you're wearing the cargo shorts, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was yesteryear. <laughs> we having fun this morning, y'all. I came to church. We're going to laugh. We're going to enjoy ourselves. Right? That was, see, brown is the new green, so I ain't throwing no money on. They don't have to worry about me. But we're in a drought, which means this, water is valuable. Water's valuable. My water in my current house is a little bit colored because of the lack of water. It's a little weird, but I drink it anyway. That may be what's wrong with me this morning. Later on, in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him, I will soon send rain. I will soon send rain. Won't he do it? See, sometimes we walk through seasons of drought and we don't see that God's about to do something big. You walked in in your own life, and you just put your head down. You've been running the plowman, just like, I just got to get through. And this is what we say. It's just a season. Come on, if you've been in church very long, someone done said that to you. It's just a season. It's a season. What does that mean? What does it mean? It ain't a season. It's a drought. Come on, somebody. Seasons change. Droughts seem to go on forever. And some of us, we get stuck in the struggle for a long time. And I'll be honest, it's not a season, it's a drought. And I'm telling you, look up. God's about to send some rain. God's about to be faithful. Won't he do it? It's a statement of who he is. So in the drought, lift your head up. We get discouraged in the drought, though. We get discouraged in the drought and we look for other ways. And that's what has happened here for the Israelites. They walk through the drought, and the king says, you know what? I know what we can do. We can start worshiping Baal. Maybe this will help us out. We'll be like everybody else so we can have what everybody else has. And we drift. We drift during the drought. We drift during the drought, and then God says, wait, I'm about to send rain. You need to figure this out. You need to lift your head up. So here's, the, here's my first word of encouragement this morning. If you came in and your marriage has been in a drought, your finances have been in a drought, You've been stressed and depressed. 
Man, you've been anxious, and it doesn't seem like it's a season. It seems like it's been going on all too long. See, the first it was a month, and you said, hey, it's a season. Then all of a sudden it went to six months, and it was just a long season. Then it was a year, and it was, well, that was a tough year. And all of a sudden, a year went to two years, and it's been like, well, it's just been a little while. It's not a season. It's a drought, and it's the third year of the drought, and God's saying, I'm about to send rain because he is faithful. So don't be discouraged in your drought. God's telling you this morning, I will soon send rain. But if we're going to live this life of faith, this won't he do it. I love this phrase, won't he do it. I really want to get t-shirts made with little praise hands. I haven't done that yet, but I would wear, I would wear it everywhere. Like, won't he do it? People are like, praise hands, yeah. Put a shirt of, a millennial would wear that shirt because it has an emoji on it, right? So I love the idea of faith because this, faith is supposed to be an adventure. It's supposed to be wild and crazy. I mean, read the, read the scriptures, it's not simple, it's not plain, it's wild and crazy, and faith is supposed to be. So if we're going to work our way out of the drought, if we're going to work our way towards Mount Carmel where we can call down fire from heaven, there's a few things we got to do, and I'm going to show you through this story what Elijah does. we got to live with some risk. we got to live with some risk. So he tells him, go tell the king I'm going to send rain. The problem is the king's trying to kill him. It's like, hey, you know the guy that's got a bounty on your head? Go find that guy. I'm like, well, God, God, let's talk about this. I don't know if you know this. How many of you ever said that to God before? I don't know if you know this. Come on, that's a great opener for a prayer. Hey, God, creator of heaven and earth, all-knowing, all-powerful God, I'm not sure if you know this or not, but... God's like, go talk to the king. The king's trying to kill me, God. God, that's... That seems uncomfortable, God. That's a lot of risk, God. I don't know about that, God. You see, one day God told me that I should move to South Carolina and start a church, and I tried to hide it from my wife. That's also not a good idea. If you got that marriage that your wife kind of looks at you, she gives you the eyes. You, when you're a kid, you get mama eyes. Mama knows everything. When you're a husband, you get wife eyes. She just looked at me one day. She goes, what's going on? Well... This whole job thing we have going on, I think we should quit it. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't know. <laughs> I wish we just quit our jobs, move to South Carolina, open a church in an elementary school. Sounds like a great idea, doesn't it? <laughs> she cried, I cried, the toaster cried, we laughed, right? I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, it was just an excellent day, right? But it sounds crazy. If your faith doesn't sound crazy, it's not faith. If your faith doesn't sound crazy, it's not faith at all. If the risk you're taking for God doesn't scare you like it would Elijah in this moment, it's not faith, it's life. It's existence. And what happens is we live in the drought because we won't live in risk. We live in the drought because we don't want to be uncomfortable. Everything in our lives, we crave comfort. You know how I know this? We love air conditioning. Come on, somebody, won't he do it? You know what's great about air conditioning? It makes me comfortable when it's uncomfortable outside. We got an air conditioning faith. When it gets uncomfortable, we'll step back inside, turn the AC on, and make our lives more comfortable rather than living in risk. He didn't call me to live comfortable. He said, go present yourself to the king, but the king's going to kill me. 
Go present yourself to the king because I'm about to do something. If you want to see the big things, if you want to see the rain God's about to bring, if you want to see yourself out of the drought, you better be willing to live at risk. I'm committed. I want to see God do incredible things. I want to see the, the orphanage rate in Beaufort County change. I want to see the homeless rate. I want to see a mighty move of God. I want to see God raise up a church, not this church, the church, His church, to make an incredible difference in this country. Right? Well, that's probably not going to happen if we all find our, our happy, comfortable places. We have to be willing to live with risk. God says, hey, go present yourself to the king you got to live with risk. And this is what he says to the people. He says, how much longer are you going to waver if you want? This is verse 21, chapter 18. How much longer will you waver hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. God wants to raise up people that will draw attention to a real faith and live with risk. Can you imagine? It's one on literally 900 plus. There's 450 prophets of Baal sitting there and 400 prophets of Asherah. I mean, it's a lot of them on little old Elijah. This is dodgeball gone very, very wrong. You know what I'm saying? You played grade school dodgeball, you were the last one. All of them were left. All of them. And you look up and it's like, uh... Game on. I mean, you know what? Duck, dive, dodge, or whatever they were, right? You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all watch movies. Good for you, right? But you're like, what is going to happen right now? This is the spiritual version of that. But see, in that moment, Elijah says, I'm about to call you out. I'm going to use this moment instead of being afraid. I'm going to live with risk. So I've presented myself to the king that wants to kill me. Now I'm going to call all of you out. Quit hobbling. Quit wavering back and forth. If God is God, then go for it. And some of us, this is what we want. We're like kids nowadays. Now, a few weeks ago, the pools were still cold. Now they're like hot tubs, cold to hot. That's all we get in South Carolina. You get freezing cold water, and then you get the hot tub. And my kids would be like, we put our toe in. We put our toe in to see if it's cold. That's what we do. Come on, we're, we're grown. We've learned through some things. That water could be cold, so I'm going to put my toe in to see if it's cold. If it's cold, I'm going to sit back in the sunshine where it's comfortable. This is March, right? Now that it's getting into June, you know the water is like boiling hot. So, But this is what the kids do. I remember the first day we took our kids to the pool. The gate opened. My boys run everywhere they go. Everywhere. We're, we're following a hostess last night to, to our table, and they're running 10 feet ahead of her. I'm like, stop! You don't even know where you're going! I wish we'd run after Jesus like that, by the way, right? So, so, so they, the gate opens, and they run full sprint and jump in. They don't test the waters. I think that's what Elijah's sitting here saying. Quit testing the waters. Quit wavering and decide if this is going to be good for you or not, and just get in. If not, stay out. We're about to find out who is God, and he calls them on it. And here's, here's what he does. He says, you prepare your altar, I'll prepare mine. So they prepare their altar with the right wood and all this other stuff, and it's important. I can't get into all of this this morning. It's important for you to know that Baal is the god of the sun, the god of heat, the god of fire. Here they're praying for, for fire. It's his home court advantage. Now over here, Elijah, this is what I need you to know. Elijah's preparing his altar, but what he does is he repairs the altar of the Lord. 
we have to be willing to pour out. So when he, when he puts the wrong kinds of wood down, maybe the stuff that's not going to burn as easy, he puts some rocks in, he digs a trench around his altar, and then he tells them what? Fill it up with water. Why is this important? Remember, it's a drought. I don't like to throw money on the ground either. But what we call a drought is not nearly what they would call a drought there. Drought, uh, water was essential to the economy. It was essential to their livelihood. And here he, he prepares his altar and he says, guys, I need one more thing. I need water. I can see him like, you want us to do what? We're going to pour gallons of water. We don't have much water left. It's a drought, Elijah. Duh. You're the one talking about it. No, pour the water out. But Elijah, we don't have much. That which you hold on to is that which you worship. See, we, we don't want to pour out what is valuable. We want to build an altar where God will do something incredible. But if we're not willing to live at a cost, we may not see the rain he's bringing. If we're not willing to pour out that which is most valuable to us, Oh, I can't do that. That would cost too much. And I'm not just talking about money. What about our time? Oh, I can't do that. That would, Building an altar, that would take me a couple days. And i got to go mow my yard because I'm not allowed to water it, so I'm going to mow it. Have you seen the laundry in my house? I know you haven't because my kids are underneath it. All right? Like, we, we've got all this stuff going on in our lives, and he's like, pour it out. I can't, I can't do that. If your faith doesn't cost you, it's not authentic. It's going to cost us something. It says, pour out water, but water was the most valuable thing there was. If we're going to see God do something incredible in your life, I'm talking in your family, I'm talking in your neighborhood, if you're going to see what God's going to do, it will have a cost associated. So he says, go get the water. They bring the water, and they pour it out. I can see him like, whew, faith risk, done. And he looks back and he says, do it again. Elijah, I know you're like the man of God and all, but, again, I know you're God, but the second time you want to pour water? Yeah. Go get it and pour it out again. They do it a second time. Pouring it over the wood and the rocks and the, the, the pieces of the animal that are there. It's all, it's all flowing down. And I can see Elijah, he's looking at the trench. The trench isn't filled yet. He looks back, he goes, Let's do it one more time. See, it had to come at such a significant cost. Because when we put everything on the altar, God's bound to show up because our trust is in Him. Won't He do it is a statement of trust and belief. I believe He will do it because I cannot. I believe He will show up, so I'm willing to put it all out on the altar. I'm willing to put it all there. Bring me some more water. Don't you, think, don't you think we've given enough? Don't you think we've done enough? We're just getting started. Bring me some more water. Because he's just getting started. Bring me some more water. And they pour water over it again, and now the trench is all filled up, and now comes the showdown. These guys are dancing and singing and, and cutting themselves. I'm telling you, read the whole, the whole story. It's incredible. They're dancing and singing and cutting themselves going... Baal, bring down some fire. 
This is how you know the Bible is awesome, by the way. And what does Elijah do, the man of God? He literally taunts them, y'all. He starts talking trash. So when you're playing Monopoly with your kids and you start talking trash and your wife goes, is that really godly? You go, look at 1 Kings chapter 18. There you go, dads. I just equipped you for life. Parenting advice. When you're playing basketball and your wife says, shouldn't you let them win? Look at 1 Kings chapter 18. Get it together, son. What in the, I've got some issues internally. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> Elijah literally turns and starts taunting them. Surely your God is there. Read it. It's awesome. Maybe he's asleep. And then I love this one. Literally, this is what it says. So if you want to go home and judge me and talk bad about me on social media, feel free, but it's the Bible. Maybe he's taking a leak. Literally, that's what the Bible says. Maybe he's relieving himself. Literally. He's so taunting them. Maybe he's asleep. I just would love to see it standing there on top of the mountain. These guys are over here dancing, doing this. Yeah, he's up there. Keep going. Be so confident in your faith that you would taunt that which attacks you. That you'd be like, nah, I got this. So confident in your faith Because won't he do it? You realize you're standing on the mountain that you cannot possibly do what is next. If you can make it happen, God might not make it happen because he's waiting for you to get to the place that you can't make it happen, so it's got to be his glory. He doesn't want us to get the glory. He wants him to get the glory. So I I love Elijah's prayer. He gets to the end, and I'm almost done. Live with incredible faith. If you hear nothing else, hear this. Live with incredible faith around your personal altar. That you get back to the altar where you connect with God. And sometimes what happens is we give our life to Jesus in a moment like this, but we forget to build the altar where we personally connect to Jesus. So the first thing Elijah did was he rebuilt the altar. And we need to get back to the place where, man, listen, normally I preach out of my iPad. My iPad hasn't even been turned on this morning, to be honest. Just right out of my Bible. Right out of my Bible. Because sometimes we got to get back to just being in the Word of God and near the presence of God, and then we'll get the victory of God. See, we read books about Jesus, but just read this one. We want to we read all the popular Christian books. Well, what did this guy say? I don't know. Let me go find out. I know what it said in here. That will get my victory. Like, so we got to get back to where we build the altar so we can connect with God and live with incredible faith. So here Elijah is. This is also like the, alt, the, the Oscars, just so you know. Anthony comes up and starts playing like, hey, man, it's time for you to shut up. So now you know it's about to happen, right? Just kidding. We have, a great, we have a great team and a great relationship, and he's doing perfect. So they build the altar for him to connect with, connect with God, and he lives with incredible faith, and he looks up, and he, he prays this prayer. Oh, Lord, answer me so that These people will know that you, O Lord, are God. And then you have brought them back to yourself. His prayer is nothing about himself. It's all about God revealing himself to other people. When God answers our prayers, go back to my last series, Bold. How would our lives be different? Wait, how would the world be different? His prayer is all of faith. God, you're about to do something incredible. Rain down fire. Answer me. So that, so that these people will know that you are God. There's two people groups here. One is Elijah. 
The others, a religion, to be honest. It was a religion. They danced and they sang. Some of us, we dance and we sing, and we look up and we don't see results because we have a religion, not a relationship. See, the first thing Elijah did was he repaired the altar so he could have a connection with God. We can both do the same thing, but if we don't have an authentic relationship with Jesus and we settle for religion, we can be dancing, we can be singing, we can be shouting, and then what happens is this, in frustration, we look up to heaven, we go, where are you at? What happened? Because religion has become our God. The ceremony, the circumstance, the, 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 the actions, the popular personalities, the certain song, you have your special worship song, I have mine. If he's broken to reckless right now, I would probably just dance and sing on the stage in front of you, and it would be awkward for everybody, and no one would ever come back, right? So we're not going to allow him to do that, right? But we have, we have these, these moments that almost become like God, and anything that displaces our worship is an idol. And religion, we're over here dancing. And then I love the simplicity of Elijah. Brings it back. He doesn't shout. Sometimes we shout at God, hoping that our passion will motivate him to do something. Won't he do it? I could say it. I could whisper it. I could pray it silently. It doesn't change who he is. He is faithful. I can scream it from the top of Mount Carmel, or I can whisper it in my bedroom. He is faithful. So if you walked in here in a drought, and it's been a tough it's been a tough year. It's been a tough two years, man. It seems like every time I push just one more step further, it gets harder, not easier. What's going wrong? God, why does it seem like there's so much struggle? I'm at my wit's end. I don't know where to go. Won't he do it? I am here to tell you. God says I'm about to send some rain. I'm about to rain down on your struggle. I'm about to allow you to see some significance in your struggle. But it won't come from the dance. It won't come from the pomp and circumstance. It won't come from the hype. It will come from an intimate, personal relationship with me around an altar where you connect with me in a real way. So the problem is this. When you try religion, you come up empty. There is no fire. But when you connect to God around the altar in a personal way, won't he do it? And in that moment, Elijah called to heaven and fire fell and consumed the, the sacrifice, the altar, the stone, and licked up the water. But it's only found in a relationship with Jesus. Do me a favor and bow your heads and close your eyes, not as a religious sign, but to block out the distractions in this room. Man, maybe you're here and it's been a drought. Listen. We've been there. We've all been there. It's a struggle. Listen, we've been there. You've been waiting for something to change. You've been using the word, it's a season. You've asked the neighbors to pray for you. I want to tell you, God is ready to send some rain, but he just wants to know you. He wants to bring you back to the altar where there's a personal relationship with him. If you're here and maybe you've tried religion, 
and you've come up empty. Maybe you've avoided it all because it seems crazy. I want to tell you, he wants a relationship with you. I'm not here to invite you into a religion, but into a relationship with a real God that really loves you. Do me a favor. No one's looking around, and I promise I will not embarrass you. You're here right now in this moment. You know you don't have that relationship with God. All I want you to do is raise your hand and look at me so I can pray with you. Real quick, shoot your hands up so I see you. Thank you. Come on. Anybody else in this house? Anybody else? Siri wants to get saved right now. It's all right. Siri, Siri just, she's trying to find some Jesus. She needs it sometimes. She doesn't follow us. You're here right now in this moment. You've tried religion. Listen, this was my whole life. I've done religion, and I kept looking up, and I found it empty. You've tried it. You've done everything you know to do, and you're looking up, and you're still in the drought, I'm telling you, because the rain's not going to come because of what you do. It comes because of who he is, and you've got to have a relationship with him. You need a relationship with Jesus. Raise your hand and look at me. It could be your first time in this room. It could be your, you could be here every week, but I need a, rel- a relationship with Jesus. Anybody else? I just want to pray with you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to ask all my friends and those that have Raise their hands. I ask you to pray this with me. Repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for giving victory. Thank you for being faithful. Today, I accept you. Today, I make you Lord. Be with me now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed today's message, take a second and share it with your friends. Here at Venture, we believe in the power of being connected with a local church body. So whether that's with us at Venture or another local church near you, we encourage you to get plugged in. We hope you have an amazing week. And thanks again for listening to the Venture Church Podcast.